Good morning and welcome to the manual. It has been a tumultuous two weeks and I am looking to press forward. But I wanted to end this week's episode with a little bit of a history lesson. I am not a college professor, nor do I claim to be one, nor am I a historian by trade. I actually just know a little bit more about history because it's one of the subjects that I've always been good in. Um, History is a regurgitation of facts and fable that I believe you should not read just one book or learn from one source. You, what they say these days, you fact check, you go back, you look at multiple sources of where the information has been coming from. Well, one of the things I want to talk about today when it comes to history or his story, however you look at that, is what <clears throat> I got a question about. I promised you guys I was going to do a question and answer um, by the end of the week, which I will do after this episode. I will answer a few questions that have been posed to me over the last two weeks. But one of the questions that I have to address for this young lady is... What is Juneteenth? Now, for those of you, African-American, black, whatever you want to call it, and some of my white friends or non-black friends, or however you want to call that, you may have never heard the word Juneteenth. Juneteenth is June 19th on a calendar. It's June, it's the, the date of June 19th. And what June 19th is, it's our 4th of July. Yes, our 4th of July. We celebrate 4th of July every year. And every year we celebrated 4th of July. I didn't know until I was about 18, 19 years old that that wasn't for me. 4th of July did not represent me. It did not represent me being a free person in the United States of America. My ancestors weren't from this part of the world, but... um, Many people that I know, you know, were from this part of the world. So June 19th was the day that uh, they call it Jubilation Day, Jubilee Day, Celebration Day. It's the date that slaves were free in America. And I'll get back to how I feel about how that day, uh, the original day of that was, because it was a catastrophic event, although supposed to be a happy one for the slaves in the United States of America. So Juneteenth. So the Emancipation Proclamation was signed in decree in 1863, as you guys know. We learned that in history. Uh, It is the date that Abraham Lincoln, I think January 1st, 1863, he declared the Emancipation Proclamation, signed in an executive order into law that all of the free states, the Union states especially, free their slaves. And I believe at this point, and you can fact check me on this, um, I'm not a census person, but that meant 3.1 million people in bondage were to let to work to be let go. Proclamation that that happened is crazy to even say this. But going back to Juneteenth, you have to understand that a lot of the states did not 
adhere to the order right away, especially the rebel states or the southern states or whatever you want to call that. That was something that each Union um, Army commander had to go out and enforce, and that had to be done um, over time. So Texas, for instance, Texas was the last stronghold and the most remote state, uh, rebel state, slave state, whatever you want to call it, um, in the Confederacy. So with that being said, that they did not announce to the slaves in Texas that they were even free for months. These people still endured the lash, still endured bondage for months until it finally, word finally got that these people were free people and they were allowed to leave such plantations. So June 19th, 1865, two years, almost two years after the, uh, the Emancipation Proclamation, which was issued on January 1st, 1863. This is, it's crazy. It is crazy. And I believe it was about four months after in April is when Texas finally let it be known that these people were free to go. Your services are no longer needed. You can go. And you can go where? You had nowhere to go. You had no, you had no property. You had no money. You had no supplies. You were just, you were just freed like cattle. They opened the door and they just said, go, go, go free. Go walk out of here. I tell you, I tell you guys, I've told you guys that the worst time in the history of America for black people was Reconstruction. The time after the Civil War ended, literally a hundred years, if, you, if we're going to parse here, 1865 to roughly 1965 to the Civil Rights Movement took fire. And in those hundred years... It was an incredible, an incredible experience for these people because you could not vote. You were not protected the liberties or afforded rights under the law in this country. Uh, you were looked at still as subhuman. You were lynched and murdered. You were disrespected in public and in private. And it happened, but... Even through all of that, we still had people excel, people kind of crawl from the ashes, so to speak, and become some of the most affluent business owners, scholars, and inventors. And they always remind us of that on Black History Month. And Black History Month is... Why they picked February is because Frederick Douglass was born in February, but they don't know what date. So they gave Frederick Douglass the honor of having Black History Month, but just make it the entire month because they don't know what his birthday was. Real facts. Real facts. But to answer this young lady's question on what is Juneteenth or what is Juneteenth, I have to take it back a little bit. Uh, a few years ago, I was um, at work and I mentioned uh, Juneteenth. And uh, my celebration on Juneteenth is not a big cookout. It is not any kind of grandiose thing. It's just a reflection day for me of what my ancestors 
um, endured. Just like you guys celebrate the 4th of July with with fireworks and barbecue and all of this shit and fireworks. <laughs> um, Juneteenth is not about that. Juneteenth is celebrated. Uh, this is the first place I've lived. Uh, I live in the uh, DMV, they call it, District uh, Maryland and Virginia, uh, where, where uh, D.C. actually celebrates this day on some level. I don't, I don't even know if any other state even acknowledges it. It's not a national holiday. It's not anything. It's just Juneteenth. We just know this date, June 19th. And when I had read up on the history of, of this, it was a tragic day. It was a day of just being someone a week prior to that probably worked you like a dog. And then that next week, they just told you, hey, it's over. You might have aged 60, 70, 80 years on this plantation and you were just being told that, okay, you don't have to come in to work tomorrow. You're free to go. Some some of those plantation um, owners and masters had a dinner and then let them go. And a lot of people didn't even understand and some of the things that I've read, didn't even understand what that even meant. Because they weren't conditioned to understand freedom. They weren't conditioned for it. They did not understand what it was to be free. Meaning I don't have to report. I don't have to walk with a pass to go across the street to get something and come back. And you had people that were adults. Now the children at the time probably, if you were 10, 11 years old, that meant you kind of had a life ahead of you. But it was going to be a hard one for, for someone who was already advanced in age. You lived your entire life under a structure system. And now that system was gone. You were, you were to think for yourself, do for yourself. So Juneteenth was, it's not a day that you go out and barbecue and, and have cookouts and all of that. It's not about that. It's, it's about reflection like, wow, you know, it wasn't the end of slavery. It was the beginning of Jim Crow. So, young lady, if you're listening to me, I implore you to go do your history because a lot of Americans, American blacks, do not know what that date is. They think it's 18, it's uh, January 1st, 1863, the Emancipation Proclamation signed by Abraham Lincoln. Lincoln had a, a, um, a presidency that was probably the most dynamic of its time because he was what this president wants to be a wartime president. And I don't, I don't think any president wants to be a wartime president. You do not want to lead in a situation where it's war. And for Lincoln, it was a probably a, a more uh, personal thing because um, this was all thrust upon him. I'm pretty sure he had his feelings about slavery that he wasn't totally like all against it. I don't know. There's been things written. Um, there's been, you know, he just happened to have that as a issue to deal with. He had he had that at, at his at his feet. And to double that or double down on that, he had to also unite a country that you're having a raging war in your own country. 
where they split the country. And for those young listeners out there um, that may be learning this now in school about the Civil War, Civil War was one of the bloodiest times in American history. Imagine, imagine all of the states at the time. There was not 50 states at the time, but there were, they were, the country was divided into two. I live in the state where um, two and a half hours from here, about three hours from here, where Richmond is, that became the seat of the Confederacy. That became the capital of the Confederacy. Jefferson Davis became the president of the Confederate States of America. That happened in history. We had two United States for a little little over five years. Because the Southern economic response to not having forced and free labor, it couldn't go unchallenged. We could not free that. Could not happen. History tells you a lot of narratives and tells you a lot. Go go dig in that. Go go play in that sandbox and see what you find. Go build a sandcastle. Go do that. You'll find out some things about how this all came about. We talked yesterday about Drew Brees' insensitive and dismissive comments about the American flag. The American flag or the flag of any nation should represent that nation as a recognized sovereign governing body. But under those flags, there is a sense of belonging to that's your flag. You sail under that flag. And the United States, written in their constitution, it has all of these great, great, great things about being free and liberty and your rights and all of that. But that is not afforded to everyone. That wasn't afforded to women. That wasn't afforded to black people. That wasn't afforded to Chinese. That wasn't afforded to anybody but white, but a white person. I'm watching TV the other night and I'm hearing about protesters screaming in agony, white protesters screaming in agony about being assaulted and being hit. And I can't believe that happened. I was like, wow, welcome to the party. It's been going on for a long time. You just got your little taste of it. You got a weekend of it or a week of it. And you're like, wow, it's incredible. Imagine hundreds of years of that. Hundreds of years of that versus a week that you had to endure. And maybe just you had probably one encounter. If you guys want to watch something very interesting, if you have time, it's actually pretty interesting to make time for, is the blue eye, brown eye experiment by Jane Elliott. Incredible. Incredible. It was made in, I believe, the nineteen mid nineteen seventies, um, where Jane Elliott, educator, she had students in her third grade class. I'm going to not try to give you spoiler alert. Her, her third grade uh, third grade class learned about race relations and social injustice. But since she only had white children in her classroom, she divided the classroom up in two um, sections, which you were blue eyed or brown-eyed. And the blue-eyed and brown-eyed, depending on which day she felt who was on top, had all of the rights that they needed. They were in power. And she said little things to kind of let them know that they were 
superior or better than the other brown-eyed, blue-eyed people. And within, I want to say within minutes, within minutes of this social experiment starting, she saw the change on how power corrupts, on how privilege corrupts. I mentioned also yesterday, I believe the day before yesterday, about how everyone in this country has some type of privilege in America, some type of privilege. You have, you have something over another person or another uh, sex or another um, sexual orientation or another, you know, whatever. You have, you have some level of privilege, but the level of privilege everyone wants to ascertain is not these little tidbit here. We want the seat at the table. We want a seat at the table. I've had, like I said, I've had friends and probably you guys have had friends reach out to you to, to kind of, you know, talk to you to see how you're doing. I don't stop doing that. Stop doing that because you're not ready for some of these conversations. You think you are, but you're not ready for some of these conversations. You're going to find out things that your friends and, and family members, whoever have felt for a long time, they just kind of keep it in check. Acknowledging something is wrong is is good, but but making someone feel like a a victim, like have them relive something, don't do that. Let's enhance the steps to move forward. Problem has already been recognized. It's been recognized a long time ago. It is it has been a crazy last two weeks. And it's like we've had these situations before of someone, you know, being done wrong. And then we have all this hype. But then in about two weeks, the new cycle changes or shift focus on something else. And then we're we're off of it. Hopefully this time, you know, with the amount of people that reacted to, to this video, it changes something. It won't change everything, but it at least starts the conversation again. And hopefully that this time we'll, we'll do that. All the protests that I've saw all over the, the news over the last two weeks, and I saw the demographic of who are, who are protesting. <laughs> I'm, I want to implore every Democrat and Republican listening, <laughs> if you are, on you know, my tiny podcast. Those people, those, those students... Those people that were, were, were students during a high school shooting, they were in college during, during college shootings, they will decide your fate. You will be voted out. Because what I know about millennials, they don't, they don't care for a lot of stuff, but they, they're about change. If, if, change if, if they have a friend that is going through something and they can make it better, they're going to fight for it. I don't know how our, the generations to, before me, the two generations before me, couldn't fight for this, couldn't fight for this the way that these kids are fighting for something. These kids had a march on Washington a couple of years ago, if you guys remember. They were, they were in high school. 
They're out of high school now. They can vote. <laughs> so I, I suggest you guys start packing your desk now because you're out. These kids are not fucking around. These kids are not fucking around. Crazy. But to answer this young lady's question, and I, of all the questions, when I started like looking through everything, I was like, wow, okay, I have questions to answer. I saw her ask, what was Juneteenth? And I'm pretty sure she could have Googled it. But she asked what Juneteenth was. And if you didn't know what Juneteenth was, I, I, I'm not going to sit here and regurgitate a history lesson to you. I'm just going to let you know that it's, a, it's the date, it's the official date that black people, all black people, were considered free because the emancipation didn't free every single person. It only, it only concentrated on the Union States because those could be enforced. Those laws could be enforced. In the Southern States, we had to, they had to go deliver that news and enforce that news. Crazy. I um I enjoy talking to you guys on this podcast. Um it got to a point a couple of days ago I felt like not like I shouldn't be doing it or I wanna stop doing it. I, I just felt like I don't wanna go into a direction um in one direction. I wanna be able to to kinda give you what this was supposed to be. The entire thing what it was supposed to be. But it looks like, you know, social social justice and, and, and deference and change will never, you know, will never be shunned out. I have to address certain things. I have to say certain things. So, you know, I, I got a message from a friend saying that, hey, man, you know, you need to be doing more black stuff. I kind of took it as an offense, slight, slant, whatever. But I don't know how to, I don't know how to be more blacker than I am. <laughs> I really don't. You know, I mentioned to you guys, black, being black is an experience, not only in this country, but just, but just an experience just among other blacks, because we have so many subdivisions within our race. We have we have blacks that are from Africa. We have blacks that are from the Caribbean. And even in even within those um, divisions, there are even subdivisions of Mixed race of light skin versus dark skin. It all exists. This it's a powerful dynamic. It's a very powerful dynamic. And to understand this, you have to you have to kind of be black. You know, culture brings you into being black, or the black experience. You know, music or style or whatever you want to call that, whatever the you know the day is. But to spend time in this shell, in this skin, can't I can't tell you what it is. I can't, I can't articulate it. Only somebody that is is, and that's not to say that oh because you don't understand don't help. No, we need your help because you guys have the resources and and the voice. It, it, it lends to our voices. I've said this. Hundreds of times, probably even thousands of times since I was a little kid, knowing all of the problems that we have in America and around the world as a black person 
if I can choose a race to be, I will always choose to be a black person. Call me crazy. Fact check that since I was a little kid. I'm the darkest of my mother's children, of my, of my parents' children. I'm the darkest one. And I've had color complexes coming up, but then I got to a point where I realized I'm different for a reason. And I, I never wanted to be white. I never wanted to be a female. I never wanted to be anything but black, black man. Call it crazy, call me crazy, say, oh, that's possible. No, I'm telling you, you can fact check this with people that know me, with my parents, well, my mom, my dad's deceased. But you can, I've, I, I had, my color complexes have never led me down the road to say, I don't want to be black or why, or why me? Oh, fuck. I've built pyramids. <laughs> you know, all our history ain't bad. But there's a, there's, there's, there's half a millennia. That it was half a millennia. Understand that. When when other people talk about bondage and talk about suffrage and stuff like that, half a millennia. And that's just <laughs> that's just in this part of the world. That's just in this part of the world. Almost five hundred years. So it has been a really, really crazy time. And when Juneteenth shows around, I don't care where you are. It don't have to be the entire day. Just take a second, stand outside, eyes closed, and say something. Because it's very ignorant for someone to come up to you and tell you something like you're free. God didn't intend for us to be born into bondage. You can't give somebody something that you that you taken away. You haven't taken away yet. When I was born, unless you're born into something, when you were born, you're born. But people are born into bondage. People were born into bondage. It's the craziest shit ever. I want to thank you guys for choosing the manual. I hope you have a great weekend. I hope that, you know, you do something fun. Because we've been consumed with a lot over over this time. And it has to, um, you got to find a sense of just kind of calm. Thank you for choosing Emmanuel.